0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to Living Truthfully, episode 63. Makofi Tafadhali. So, it is episode 63 and I'm very excited, very, very excited that you're listening to me and that we're having these conversations together. So, you know... (sighs) First, tell me, how are you, how are you doing? How are you, coping? how are you coping with COVID-19? Are you staying safe? Are you keeping your social distance? Are you washing hands? Are you wearing masks in public? I hope you are. Cause if you're doubting that COVID-19 is real, it's real. I just lost a friend about a week and a half ago to COVID. <sighs> and that was hard to deal with because it was pretty sudden. You know, it's a kind of space you don't expect you'll you lose a friend at, you know. And that was pretty, pretty hard for for us. But So do stay safe. Stay safe. So now, today and hopefully for the next few episodes, I want to talk about addiction. I want to talk mostly about drugs and alcohol addiction, though I'm aware that there are many types of addictions. And the reason I want to have this conversation is because even though I'm not personally struggling with drugs and alcohol addiction, though I have struggled with other forms of addiction, I think um, this one is becoming closer to home for me. I have friends who are currently dealing with this. And I'm not even sure how to help them. So now, a a friend of mine who has been on the podcast a couple of times, his name is Tosh Anthony Maneke, introduced me to a gentleman who is sitting right across me right now. The gentleman is, his name is Mr. Solomon uh, Gitao Kilanga. And uh, Solomon has a story to share. So, ladies and gentlemen, won't you welcome with me, Bona Kilanga <laughs> Makofi Tafadali? Solomon Karibu, 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 Karibu. Welcome to Living Truthfully. Thank you, Amani. It's good to meet you. Ah, uh, great to be here too. Thank you for having me. You know, when this is very rarely do I interview people I have never met before. So, and this is strange because I'm interviewing you when you're com- you've come to my house. We've never met any before the Iluqua Studio. Lakini, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your story. Um, let's start with Solomon. Let's let's start with where you are now. You know. What are you doing with yourself? Who are you now? Who is Solomon today? Okay. Are you a father? Are you a husband? Are you what? What are, what are you? What are your roles that you're playing today? Well, Solomon Getao today is a proud uh, husband, mm-hmm. father of three kids. Okay. I have
1: two daughters. I have a son. Um, mostly what I'm doing with my life is we, we run a rehabilitation center in Ruiru. Uh, This is a rehabilitation center that focuses on guys living in the streets, adult men whose addictions have driven them to living in the streets. We have a center where we rehabilitate, we rescue, we rehabilitate, uh, we help reconcile these people to their loved ones, and finally reintegrate them back into society.
0: So you're a proud husband? Proud father too. Proud father. How old are your kids?
1: Um first kid is uh,
0: 16, uh, oh. a 13-year-old kid, and I have an 8-year-old kid. So, 16, 13, and, and eight. 8. Yes. Wow. I, I, my, my daughter just turned, the one you're seeing the pictures here, yes. she just turned 13. Okay. So, I, I might need some tips on how to deal with <laughs> teenagers. Is your first a son <laughs> or, a, or a girl? Uh,
1: no, my first one is a girl. It's a girl. Yes. So,
0: uh, you have three years on me on that one. So, you need uh, to give me a okay. few uh, tips.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but this is not this is not where you've been this is not uh this' is not the journey no that, no no this that, then, this that has then. been yeah, you said you you're familiar with this neighborhood.
1: oh yes I'm familiar with this neighborhood i mm-hmm. grew up at uh, what is today eighty seven raptor road
0: okay
1: i was the east african airways uh Nets in the seventies mm-hmm. My father was a pilot mm-hmm. i also i schooled in Consolata which mm-hmm. is down the road yes
0: yeah, so this is a neighborhood... You said at the time you were in Consolanta, there was a handful of, a handful, of, of African... This
1: is the uh, 70s, my friend. Right? Yeah. I don't think we were 10 black kids in that school. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you grew up middle class. Where did you go to high school?
1: Oh, uh, well, Later on in high school... Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I we went to Upper Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh this is by where things had begun messing up. At one time I even went till Massabit.
0: <laughs> so Okay. Okay, so let's back up. Uh, so so let's, so, let's, so, so, let's so let's maybe maybe up. we need to back up a little we bit. We need to back up to Dogo. So you're in you, you taste your first drink when? Oh thirteen years. Thirteen. Thirteen years, yes. Tell me what 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 was that day? What happened
1: Curiosity, then? Curiosity, my friend. Uh this is this is, uh we just finished, uh, those, days, those those were days of standard seven. Mm-hmm. uh You know the annual ASK show? Yes. By then, I was out of consulata, gone to Nairobi primary school, I was in boarding, and we got the, we got this kind of permission to go to the showground. So yeah. You're at tattoo, you're 13 year old kids. Yeah. Uh, you're feeling very adult that oh. now you're coming to the end of your, you've come to the end of your primary, primary school. school, yeah. And out of the blue, somebody says, "Let's grab a beer." Okay. Says, "Sasa, so, let's grab a beer." Of course, none of you has the guts to actually go get a beer, so we use the friend of a friend of, of our, one of our schoolmates, mm-hmm. and he brings us a
0: crate. A crate. Yes. Ah, we sit around. <laughs> <laughs> Your first time you decide you're gonna have a crate.
1: Hey, uh, man, we are feeling we are the guys, so we sit around. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us has ever drunk. Mm. When we grew up, there was alcohol in our homes. Like for me, there was alcohol at home always, but I'd never really been tempted. But now this is just, you know, your age mates, you know, your your peer group. And um, so we all open our beers and uh, each guy starts to partake. Of course, you know, you hate the taste. My first beer was bitter. My first beer was something I even, I disliked totally. Mm. But, and I could see the reaction on the faces of my friends. None of them liked the stuff. but then nobody was going to be the first to chicken out. So, Tukakuniwa, I'll tell you this, and uh, this is probably what hooked me. Mm-hmm. The beer may not have tasted great. And we probably didn't even drink much. It might have been about three bottles. Coupled with a few cigarettes, uh, the cadiziness, nanini, but somewhere in there, money. The effect of that alcohol just suddenly made me feel invincible. The effect of that alcohol made me feel good about myself. The effect, you know, I felt like a colossus. And in fact, You know, had you seen me that day? A 13-year-old schoolboy strutting around the Jamuri Park showgrounds feeling like he owns the world. But for once in my life, I came alive. I felt a sense of worth inside me. I'll tell you this. The next day, the hangover next day, ah, ah, I didn't want any, you know, almost dissuaded me from alcohol again. But then I came to learn that Anytime I took alcohol, it completely altered how I felt about myself. Mm. It made me feel like something.
0: Wow. Yeah. So now you've gone through this, this uh, you've experienced this feeling of being invincible.
1: You're yes. a man. You're a man. And so now the next year, now you've, uh, uh, you know, you, you call us primary school. My parents happened to be, when we were finishing primary, they were out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we moved to a new estate. We moved to golf course. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting into Form 1, but I had done; uh, I had excellent results, mm-hmm. uh, primary examinations. So my parents buy me a motorbike. At oh, wow. the age of 13, you now have a motorbike. Mm-hmm. You're 13 years old. You've learned how to you a I never liked making friends with uh, my age mates. Mm. They seemed kiddish. Mm. And uh, in a new estate you're making friends. So you make all friends with the older guys. Yeah. Remember, you're also a guy who's very useful to the older guys. You've got a means of transport. Yeah. I mean, you've no got a motorbike, well, Not everybody had motorbikes in those days. Yeah. So anytime guys want to go out or somewhere, you're available. You take them, and sooner or later, you start hanging out with. You know, always your crowd is much older than you. Mm. And then your girlfriends, uh, you are a form one guy, but you are there with uh, form two, form three girls, and you feel mature. Mm. Again, the older guys also drink more. Mm. And uh, since some of my friends were guys who are working, yeah. and these guys could afford kunya as azote, you're in good company. And so their drinking became more and more. Say by 14 years, I could take my father's car and uh, go hang out in Milimani. I had pocket money. I was there as in Milimani. Alcohol was probably what? 20 bucks. So, at 14 years old, take my father's car, go to Milimani. And uh, you
0: feel this is the life you're living. Wow. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um. Just before we go into high school, yeah. uh, because you said there was alcohol at home. yeah. Do you think that had anything to play with you starting to drink at the age of 13? No, actually, I really don't think so.
1: Mm-hmm. Alcohol, as I said, mm-hmm. was something I just stumbled into. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, curiosity, yeah. peer pressure. Palate, so so yes. the, the alcohol, alcohol at home had at never, home, really, never raised your curiosity...
1: The thing is, eh, mm-hmm. I'm almost particularly harsh. Eh? Yeah, she drank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, maybe because of that, I never really thought go into the cupboards and take, you know, take some whiskey or something like that. Eh? Yeah, it, it really didn't pull me. Yeah, and besides, I had no idea what it would do to me. Mm. But when I took it with my friends, mm. and then realized now what it can do for me. Yeah, that quote unquote that joy that it gave. Mm. Yes, I, that's
0: very interesting because you're saying in a sense for you, yeah. the friends were a bigger influence on trying alcohol yeah. than the environment that where alcohol had been made available even from before.
1: Yeah, yeah actually if we weren't with my friends, probably wouldn't have come across it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You don't know, but that's for me. That was the first time I came across it. Was because we're in a group of friends. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So as
1: I grew up, I grew up around it. My mother partook of uh, alcohol all her life. We'll get to that later. Mm. But until that time at the showground, I hadn't touched.
0: All right. Yeah. So you're now a fourteen year old boy. You're in high school now. Yeah. You're the guy. You're yo, yo, you're yo, yo, operating mamas that are older than you, you hang out with guys older than you. Yeah. You've gone to Upper Hill High School. It's Up Upper uh, yeah, Hill.
1: Yeah, I, I was in Upper Hill, eventually yeah. I even got kicked out of there. Uh, under what circumstances? Oh well. <laughs> one of the things that happened there, eh, my drinking. My drinking became more and more. Mm. You have a motorbike, and uh, this time we're living in golf course. Mm. So you pass through, you ride through Kenyatta, Kenyatta State yeah. uh, to go to Hapa. Yeah. Hapa, you you put uh, your home clothes in your bag. You mm. school gate, say just after Kenyatta Hospital. You change into your home clothes, and you you go have you go have uh, fun. Mm. I mean, school was not looking worth it.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, so you, your absenteeism, okay, from school. Mm. So now later. It got me into problems, I and mean, I had my parents were pretty lax about it. I, you know, I, my parents were busy, mm. so really, there was not too much supervision. Mm. But I got kicked out of Upper Hill in the second term of Form Two. Wow, and I never notified anybody throughout that was the beginning of second term. I notified nobody, and I just continued drinking. And I left home every day and went to drink. Third time
0: I was still you know. And the folks don't know at my this ref- point?
1: The folks don't know. Wow. It was only when we were about to go to home three mm-hmm. that my dad found out. I don't know how but he found out. And when he found out he didn't make noises about it just came to me me because even I was panicking. Mm. I said, We're about to go to form three. Yeah, what do you do? Uh, what am I going to do? One
0: mm. and uh, unless there's a pub called form <laughs> <home> three,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he and he and he come and he comes in and tells me, Now tomorrow we're going on a safari. I said, Fine, we'll get you another school. I say, Fine, I what choice did I have? Mm. And next day, uh, we go say, Novici Lee grab old uh, the 504s, we hit Isiolo, and I'm not even asking too much about where I'm being taken. yeah. go to Isiolo. And um, spend the night in Isiolo. Next morning, turn up at the barrier, and I'm told we're heading to Masabit. Now, this is the thinking of parents of Kitambo. He usually Nairobi, it's too much, you know?
0: <laughs> so we are going
1: to take you to Ochakabisa.
0: Yani, the farthest corner of the, the country. The
1: farthest corner of the country. I said, they will take me to Masabit. Mm-hmm. So we grab from, you know, first of all, when you get to Isiolo in those days, I know Masabit's a county right now yeah, and everything, yeah? yeah? But do you know that in those days, those were the days of the shifter bandits. Eh? Yes, yes. First of all, there was no tarmac from Isiolo. Ivo. Wow. So you figure there, it's you know, shifters, so you have to get on to a convoy there. Yes, a, with the cops. A, a, yes, APs, APs on yeah, and ETC. Yeah. And hey, uh, for the first time, I say I take your active interest in you we are going. Eventually, we get to Masabe. Mm. And uh, those days, the journey took long leave yeah. at, at maybe 11 in the morning, mm. get way past midnight. Wow. It was a long route. And we got there and uh, sleep at uh, my dad had a friend in the place, mm. next day we woken up to go see Masabit. Now this was the Kaskul, you know, later on Moi came there, the late oh. president Moy came yeah. there and he Put Masabit girls. But mm-hmm. to like just one common school, mm. like a small school didn't even have a uniform structure. I looked at the like small town of Masabit and I knew I didn't want to be there. Mm. This was the remotest place I had ever seen. You know, from those two towns you see in bad westerns, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> those two kind of frontier towns. Yeah. and I just decided from there, friend, education is over for me. This is just going to be an interval of drinking. And believe me, money, that was what I did for the next two years. I drank. I could guilt trip my parents on anything. All the potential dangers out there. Have, you know, why, play on their guilt where they've brought me to this place. Blame them and make them feel they have to send more pocket money. I think I was getting more pocket money than... The money they were probably paying fees there. Ah. And so I drank. And into my life now came Mira. Those are places Mira is common. Yeah. Allah, you found like another thing, Mira. Mm-hmm. Jidogo, you're one of. You, 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 you get into everything around there. I found there two Changa joints. some very nice Changa brewed out of the sides of maize
0: Even the fact that you said nice, changa you know, like
1: (laughs) I went, I went into everything. Mm. Let's just say this: I spent a short period of two years of my life in Marsabit. But the time I came out of there, I was an alcoholic. I was an I I was I was an addict.
0: Did you did, you, did you sit your KCSE? Yeah,
1: I did sit. I, I, I sat and as soon as I got back to Nairobi, mm-hmm. see, me, I always had a plan in life, yeah. money. My plan was very simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was going to make money and drink. So I didn't waste time but coming from uh, Masabe to come wait for KSE to, no, no. to care. No. I came here and went to a college and enrolled for clearing and forwarding and business administration. Mm. Clearing and forwarding course was six months. Mm. Uh, business administration should have taken two years. After the six months, I finished my clearing and forwarding. I left and got internship at a clearing uh, at, a, at a clearing company. Mm-hmm. Internship. I offered my services for free. Yeah. But I learned the ropes, and sooner, I knew how to make my money. Those days you could make money. Those days there was an actual physical long room in the customs. Yeah. 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 And uh, then from there, made some money, left that, and went into other lines of biasharas. Always just anything that would bring a shilling. I've done electronics. I've done land. You know,
0: it's easier to count the things <laughs> I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> and your motivation here, which uh, is, this is very interesting, because it's a paradox. The, your, mo- the motivation is only one. Yeah. To drink. You, to drink. You you know, you it
1: makes, look, huh? There are two guys here. Mm. There's this guy who's laid back, uh, you know, not very social. Mm. Um, you know, I'm very different. The mm. drunk me and the sober me mm. are two very different it is. Actually, some guy likened me once to Doctor Jekyll and <laughs> <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> because we have two very different personalities. Wow! As soon as I drink, I'm very outgoing, ladies, man, stuff like that, and yeah. that gave me a sense of importance, a sense of you know good feeling about myself. Yeah. As opposed to the boring guy, who's not konyal. So for me, it was very straight. I would drink. Because it gave me what I wanted in life, what yeah. I thought I wanted. Yeah. So,
0: what so, other motivation? Why yeah, should, so, I, should know, I That's, that's, that's
1: what I was talking about. Kazi, mm. Kazi, I'm just going to look for money. I might as well, whichever source I can use to make money, believe me, I was good. I, 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 I could make money. money. I probably, whatever I got into, somehow or the other, it, it got blessed. And I used to make money. You made money. Now, go a few years down the line like this, and you're drinking like this, and your um, from your parents to your relatives, mm-hmm. people start uh, bugging you. I'll call it bugging. I would call it bugging then, mm. but right now I can say these are people who are concerned about you. Yeah. So, guys, start on this story of when you plan to sober up. Mm. When you're going to settle down mm. when you going to get serious about life. Mm. When are you going to get married? Mm.
0: Are, you get married? Mm. Are, are you living with your folks now, or are you no, no, still no, no, no. moved I, out?
1: I've moved out. Me first of all, I, was mm-hmm. I was a guy who, as soon as I could, <laughs> I was out of that door. Mm. I've always relished my freedom. Yeah, uh, even when I was growing up, when I was in secondary,
0: yeah,
1: I had uh, I used to live in the cube, you know, in golf course, yeah, um, those houses have a an SQT. Yeah, yes, yes, the seventh quarters. Yeah, the yeah. seventh quarters. I used to live in school. So you're
0: looking for your freedom, my <coughs> Yeah,
1: I'm looking for my freedom, my Pema. So guys start getting concerned about you. Mm. And the more these guys get concerned about you, you know, the more I push them off. Mm. After all, why, why, why am I drinking? You know, what's yeah. your money? I'm drinking. You're drinking my your own money. I'm drinking my own money. So, we went on like that, and I started distancing myself, Kabisa, from people. Mm. Until at a certain point, all the people that surrounded me were just guys we were sharing the same misery. I can call it misery. At that time, I would have said we were sharing the same joy. These are guys we meet in pubs, it's guys we just cool you together. But I was functional. And for that, I felt I can, I work, I make my money, and Nothing, you know. There's nothing that uh, should stop me from this kind of life. Until I reached a place where I started desiring, you know, an alcoholic's mind. I don't know if it was alcohol or what it was, but I started desiring to have somebody who would love me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Seems impossible, but I can tell you there are people who can love you unconditionally and they aren't your relatives. When you think about that thing of unconditional love, Mm. for me, I figured out that the only person who will love you unconditionally is your own child. Mm. Because to your child, you are daddy. You are not the opinion of society. You are not the drunk they say you are. You are not the Whatever society chooses to call you, to your child you are just daddy. Yeah. And I could not see anybody else who could equal that kind of love. Now this is uh, <clears throat> this remember, I'm high most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about what is my role in that child's life. I'm thinking about the, the, the love and the, the joy good. this child can bring.
0: Yeah.
1: And I am more I'm going to have a child. Okay. And slowly the thought becomes an obsession. Still a functional alcoholic, I still make a lot of money, I can afford it, and this obsession becomes stronger and stronger. Yeah. But the logistics of getting a child, and you suddenly realize you're the, not amoeba. Yeah. You, you cannot, cannot split yourself. You cannot split yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. A woman is necessary for the mix. Mm. But among the women you drink with, mm-hmm. you know very well.
0: Not ma- not mother less, of my child material. is not the
1: mother of my child. This is not wife material. Mm. These are people you only share that commissary of the alcohol. Mm. And um, whatever romances or whatever I ever held there is for short-term convenience to forget reality. Mm. But this can never be long-term anything. And um, because other than those, I didn't know anybody else. I thought, you know, I've heard it said that uh, all good girls come from church. Mm. Yeah. So I am what? I'm going to go to church. Mm. I'm going to find a girl. Mm. And uh, I'm going to get a kid. Mm. And one Sunday, I didn't drink. Amani, I, you, you know an obsession? <laughs> a illegal obsession. Mm. I, one Sunday, I didn't drink. And I went to a church. Mm. And I went to a Pentecostal church. Mm.
0: And
1: uh, quickly identified my target. And uh, well, you know, churches are some of the easiest places to get people talking. Mm. After all, everybody is Ndugu na Dada. So yeah. it's an easy place to get people talking. Yeah. So we talked with this girl. And I... Steer the conversation round to a hypothetical situation where hypothetically, if we suited each
0: other,
1: mm. uh what would it take you know to get married? So the girl tells me about the church setup up and all of this, yeah. and i and I'm asking her a time frame time frame, <laughs> yeah. and she tells me, okay, well, hypothetically, if it was to happen, it would take probably a year at the very least. I walk out of church, my friend but I wanted to get married like yesterday
0: uh, yeah to it's too long about
1: a year it's too long yeah. and I go back to the bar, but it's still an obsession, so next Sunday I go to another church, an Anglican church this time I don't see what I want disappointed in the afternoon I'm going home mm. but here's the thing Amani: if you want something yeah. and if you seek it bad enough, whether it's good or bad it's bad, you're going to find it. you find it a day on the way home, at the gate of where I lived, I meet a girl. Say, hi, it's about 4 p.m. Hi. She will come in for a cup of tea. And she comes in. That was 4 p.m. Mm. By 7 p.m., three hours later, Manny, I had quoted. I had married. <laughs> I had consummated <laughs> the marriage, and she was moving in. Wow. I never even asked or even paused to ask. How desperate must she have been? For me, everything, all I could see was that the universe has answered my prayer. prayer. Oh. Oh. Yes, now things have come to be. And you know, even a friend of mine passed by at about eight o'clock that night. Guy, we had seen each other in the morning. Asked me, hey, get out what's up. Who is this? This is my wife. He tells me, and you don't have a wife. I tell him, Jay, walk out of here and stop interfering in my domestic issues, wala." This got a long story short. I stayed with a woman. She had a kid. Uh,
0: I supported her. I supported the kid. And you say she had a kid, is it? Yeah, she had a small she, kid no, she before had, no, she met Before you. she met me. Yes.
1: Before she met me. She had a
0: small boy. Mm-hmm.
1: And I... Uh, took care of the kid. The kid was living at her mother's place.
0: Mm.
1: She stayed with me. I took care of her needs. And uh, expectantly, and took care of my business and expectantly waited uh, for my own child. One year down the road, I came home. This happened to be a Saturday. Mm. And uh, at that time, we were doing electronic stuff and we were making quite some good money. Mm. And I thought, it's been almost a year with this woman. I have never even gone out.
0: Yeah.
1: why don't I go home early and just surprise her take her out Yeah. so I went home early got home early I'd never been there usually I left home at 8 in the morning came back 8 in the evening except Sundays and even Sundays when I was there I would ask her to go bring my favorite drink yeah. to the house I go home maybe about 1 o'clock and you I enter the, the house find the main door uh, open. I hear noises in the bedroom. I go to the bedroom and I find my so-called wife in bed with another man. Oh. And, you know, some things just shock you. you. You don't know. You don't have... I'm not a guy who lacks words to say, but that particular oh. situation, I had nothing. I, I, I had no comment. So you just look on. And Kidogo, it looks, you. it looks like it's for a long time, but probably just a few seconds, and they notice you're there. They stopped doing what they're doing, and I walked out. Walked out, I'd never drunk in the local bars. I went to the local bar to drink. By the time I came back, they'd gone. For the next three days, I spent my time drinking in the local bars. In those three days I found out more about my so-called wife than I knew her about than I knew about her in one year. First of all I found this was the baby daddy. hmm Is the father of the child, I'm the one who's yeah,
0: the taking care of
1: These people were have always been together. It's those things of the fight, yeah. Sana. One time they fought even after having this kid, the guy married somebody else. You know, they got back together, he fought again. On the particular day when I asked her to move in, mm-hmm. they happened to have been going through problems and she was almost getting
0: kicked out of her rental. So, so
1: she, when she when I proposed, at <laughs> So, so where I thought she must have also been saying uh, Let me tell you something I spent three days You're a man, you know the feeling I spent three days I calculated what I would do I thought about killing her with a machete I thought about whether I would drive a knife into her I thought about all manner of how I'm going to kill her But in those three days I also realized whatever I would do would be illegal and I would be jailed. Mm. And then she came back and um, all I did I was sure I wanted no more part of that marriage and I left where we were living. I walked out Mm. and never (coughs) turned back. I just took my documentation and I went away. You know, that is why I've talked about that part. Wow, what is a story, man. I want to show you how certain decisions, you can be running away from something or walking away from something, little knowing that you are now just about to mess up your entire life. Up to that point, Amani, I was a functional alcoholic. I drank, handled my drink, and made money to continue drinking. When I walked out, I went to sleep. I rented uh, uh, accommodation in lodging rooms. But because of that pain, because of wanting to block out the, the pain of what had happened, Of course, your little male ego is crushed, Banda. You had a plan. You had worked it all out. And suddenly, your ego is crushed, Kabisa. So because of that pain, I wanted to drown it. I didn't want to experience it. I didn't have people to talk about it to. I went into drinking even more. I probably quadrupled what I was drinking before. Now, that was the thing that moved me into dysfunctionality, because whereas before I'd, I'd, you know I drank and went and looked for money. now I drank until whatever money I had finished. Uh-huh. I never got up to go look for money until I absolutely had no money. slowly, slowly, I'll take the story a bit uh, slowly, slowly. Um, I began, you know, the business I was doing, I stopped turning up. Of course, my customers went to other guys. You start messing the business, Mm -hmm. poly-poly. Any money you get, you're just drinking. You don't have money to reinvest. And of course, your life starts going down. So you start going to cheaper and cheaper accommodation. Whereas I'd been putting up at some decent lodgings, I started going to cheaper and cheaper accommodation. Probably um, months down the road, I was now living in pretty cheap accommodation. How old are you now, at this time? I'm 50. Oh, oh, at that time? Yeah. At that time, I'm in my 30s. I'm, I'm, I'm 30. About, about 30. 30. About 30 years yeah. old, yeah. I was just about 30, yeah. And um, I see this is a guy who already had it. he mm. Had already made it to where society would probably say, you know, that's mm. a guy who should have done a decent life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it became a place where I I got one day, you know, going around looking for accommodation. I found a car lodging. Let's just take like a small room, but in that room there are three beds, and each bed is sixty shillings. Wow. That's on Fourth Street in Isili. Sixty shillings. Sixty shillings per bed for how long? No, no, per night. Per night. Per night. Yeah. So you are three guys. The owner makes 180 bob. Wow. As I said, Mimi, I paid my 60 shillings the first night, second night. Then on the third night, you look around and you see those guys are sleeping too. These guys are sleeping too. And here I'm sleeping one. So I asked these guys, hey, what's up? Mm. And a guy asked me, you know, when you're fool? Why, why don't you pay 30 shillings? You Use half the bed. A money that was the first time I knew <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you can actually pay thirty shillings, share a bed with a stranger. This bed has got uh, two two bed sheets, two blankets. So what you do is you take one bed sheet, one blanket, the guy takes another bed sheet, one blanket, you put your head that side, yeah, he puts his head that side. And uh, each of you use your shoes as uh, you throw them under the mattresses, pillows to prevent them getting stolen. And also and, to and are wow. now, these are the two kind of places that only alcohol guys with problems like of alcohol go to seek refuge in. It is cheap, but I'm illustrating this point because I want to show you how you can come from a guy who thought in terms of hundreds, thousands of shillings to come down to start to thousands, and now you are coming down to two hundreds. Once you have reached a place where your accommodation is thirty shillings. A day, then you really, really began to sing. I can't believe. Now, having figured there, you're hanging around in these two places, and uh, the the other guys who uh, also reside there, Munapata kujuana and uh, these guys, you know, you start learning through them because you also your money is little now. Mm. You start going with them to Madare to drink. No, we used to go to Madari at some point. You know, if you go to Madhari, right at the riverbed, and this I can tell you it still happens even up to today, mm. right at the riverbed is where Changa is brewed. And there's something we used to go for there called Bikra. Bikra, of course, you know, is the Swahili word for virgin. virgin.
0: Yeah.
1: So this is where you go to drink Changa, right at the source. You see, as it's brewed in those ports at Madari yeah. River. Yeah. The distillation process is happening. The copper, the copper pipes are put in the Manari River there. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So the first drops out, that is what is Bikra. This is something untouched by no man's water. You know, it's, 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 it's pure. In fact, when you're drinking that, you ask them to test it. A little bit is poured somewhere in a piwa kiberiti. It burns with like a nice blue flame, you know. As Bikra you pay. that's the stuff we are putting into ourselves, but now walking up from Madara across the Road back to Isili Kilasiku became came tedious and I found a new brew in Isili. I discovered the karobo joints now karobo hmm, uh-huh. is the scum of all alcohol. <laughs> Karobo, I'm not laughing at <laughs> you. It's
0: just because of the <laughs> way you is, say it. It is just a fact. Yeah.
1: Karobo is the thing that even those who are drinking changa laugh at a guy who is drinking karobo. Because they say yule sasa. And uh, you can understand why. First of all, karobo is not even a drink that is served in even plastic cups. Mm. Unapewa na kasuku. Those, mm. those, 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 those those old uh, uh, plastic containers. Those plastic for cooking containers fat. for cooking fat. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are thrown out of households, <coughs> guys collect them from them. Are people there, they wash them, they sell them to the to the bar owners. That is what you are pimured for. You are in because now if you wish to run away that you can run. At that time and Karubo is as potent as it is lethal. That thing kills. That thing causes to strange strange diseases. But still people take it because it is cheap. At the time, uh, Karobo, You even in Karobo, there's still uh but yeah, it's the scum of drinks, but there's still people have still have their social pretensions down there. Eh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the way, it's funny, you know, social, social pretensions are everywhere. Even there. Mm-hmm. For example, um, there is a uh, the, the very small size mm. of karubu they one of the 250-gram uh, plastic thing. Yeah, That one was sold for Fobob. Okay. Now, anybody drinking that, you avoided. That was a guy who was doing badly. I mean, he's drinking
0: of Fobob. <laughs> <laughs> Then, <laughs> Regardless of the fact that you're both in a Karubo joint. You're both in a Karubo place.
1: You're <laughs> telling you, social pretensions are everywhere. Then there's the eight bob. That we call it kawaida. The other one is 500 gram thing. Mm. Ah, you are doing okay. Mm. And it's eight shillings. Eight. I didn't say eight.
0: No, just one, Na, two, shilling, three, four, inane. five. Yeah.
1: And then there was the one of 16. The one kilogram thing. If you saw a guy drinking that 16, you knew he was doing well. He had come upon <laughs> some money. <laughs> wow. So anyway, so we get into this and this is what we are drinking. And at this point, you know, Karubo places are filthy places. So the kind of company you are keeping as uh, deteriorated Kabisa. And in those Karubo places, now I want to first of all illustrate something financially. By this time, uh, Karobo, eight shillings. Three of those are 24 shillings.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay? Mm-hmm. Then there are some other two cigarettes called rocket. Mm. Some to filter cigarettes. Shilt, no you filter. Uh, no filter. Those yeah. ones Kaliata Kaliyatakuliko roaster. Those yeah. ones you could smoke like thrice per <laughs> cigarette. So <laughs> when you have, <laughs> when you have, uh, for they cost 50 cents at the time. So for six bob, you had 12. You have 12. That's a day supply. So your alcohol level, your alcohol bill is 24 shillings plus 6, six shillings. 30 that bob. is 30 bob. Your accommodation, 30 bob. That is 60. If you make 100 shillings a day. You've even eaten. You're sorted. You're sorted. You've even got 40 bob for food. <coughs> well, tell I'm me. I'm trying to show you a social
0: slavery. what What year
1: was this? Um... I went, uh, this was more the year about 1997, yeah. This is 1997. This is 1997 now. And I have gone, I am now uh, flirting with a very dangerous kind of life. Because now at 100 shillings, you have no reason to go looking for anything else. And 100 shillings, this is not when you have to look for hundreds of thousands of shillings. No, no, no. no. This is not when you have to look for thousands of shillings. You're devoid of any responsibilities. Your only responsibility Mm. is what you drink. Food, the bob is more than enough because you eat somewhere along the road. Mm. The days you actually eat because remember, at this point, you want the highness. You want this high. It's not social drinking. You just want to stay at that level of highness. Sometimes you don't eat because even that food, Ukishiba Sana,
0: it reduces it reduces the, introduces the effect of, of the
1: alcohol. So you want all you want is to stay at that level. You're treading on very dangerous waters. But even then, even then Amani. I refused to admit that I had a problem. <laughs> so, let me tell you, let me just go on because I want to show you, you can go, you think you're in a bad spot, you can go to an even worse spot.
0: Tell me, when, when you were living with this chick, where were you? Karibangi South. So you've moved from K-South? I've moved from
1: K-South, I have come to Isili. Is it? I have lived in some nice lodgings. I have come down that ladder of Elini. LA. I am now living in some other tuchip. Yes, We are sharing a bed with another man uh, so that you can
0: pay 30 bucks.
1: So that you can pay 30 bucks. All of you, you only know you share it with because you just come totally drunk. You ni to 30 You know. You never, I mean, the only thing you remove is your shoes, put them under your pillow, grab your one shoe and one blanket, and blackout early in the morning. As soon as the effect has worn off, you're out of there to go look for some more alcohol. If, if, and if you ever use any of the lodging facilities, if you ever do, that's when maybe you grab a shower more often than not, you probably don't. So now you see where at what point you are playing around at. And at this point, I am not able. I I probably know inside that I do have a problem. But I am not admitting it.
0: (laughs) So are you trying to say this was not your rock bottom? No. That wasn't rock bottom. So if this is not rock bottom... Just a stage towards rock bottom. What does rock bottom look like? Well, let's go
1: on. I want to show what rock bottom can look like. So one day, while I'm living in this place, and I'm at the Karobu Bar, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of these guys uh, who we drink with comes and tells me, "Get one, see you? Buy me a... Paya. You buy me some alcohol." Tell mm. him, boss, me have thirty books. Yeah. And this is for lodging. And the guy tells me, you, you, We'll sleep at my place. Now, I'm also thirsty. Yeah. Hey, so I will sleep at your place. So, later, we can't drunk. I want to put, uh, I want to make something very, very clear here. Karubo joints are very filthy places. Actually, Karobo joints are those places you enter when you come in. If you are sober, you first hold your nose mm-hmm. because they literally stink. And washed bodies and some general stink in there. But once you've kunyu a bit, yeah. then everything. You're, 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 part the so you're part of the environment. You're part of the environment. In this place are very filthy <clears> things, <throat> mm-hmm. and I had noted that. Yeah. I also noted there are a lot of guys who come in carrying sacks and stuff, but it was not my business to know what it is they carry in their sacks. And the most important thing I want to note here is that up to this point in my life, I had seen guys sleeping on the streets. I had seen guys huddled in sacks on the street, but I had never for one moment thought that a sane person can live in the streets. All the guys i had ever seen on the streets. They're mad people. They, are, they must be mad. Something must be mentally wrong mm. for you to be able yeah. to live on a veranda mm. in a street somewhere. I'm making this because the next part of my story. <laughs> well, fica there 11 o'clock and the Karobo place closes. And guy um, tells me, let's go home. So we go towards his home. We come out and just uh, near dispensary, course in Treasures Dispensary, Palaicili. There's a shop front, a hardware there, and this is eleven something at night. Get to the shop front, the guy, the guy, the sack he was carrying, he puts it down. Kidogo, he starts removing some to cartons. He starts standardizing them on the on, on the ground. I tell you. Money. First of all, almost all the alcohol evaporated. I was shocked. I asked the guy, "What, boss? yani? What's happening?" He tells me, "Boss, tumefika base. Yani we have reached home. You know, you can Now you are even get You have gotten sober. You can almost faint. This guy, this street is where you're about to sleep."
0: I don't even know how to continue this conversation. My goodness. Rock bottom. Well, you'll have to wait for next week to hear the rest of this conversation. Hey.